Welcome to episode 34 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we cover Friday the 13th Part 2 from Welcome, everyone, to uh, the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. Joining us once again is JD, Jimmy Diamond, the uh, m- the, the Mac cam- Daddy himself. <laughs> the camp counselor with the... <laughs> we, I really got nothing. <laughs> we got the bonfire going over here, some marshmallows, some mashed paddle beers. Yeah, we're sitting around and we're having and, uh, some uh, campfire experiences. <laughs> telling some ghost stories. Maddie just... Told us about his first date, which was quite horrifying. It cost me a ton. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we are here to uh, continue our Friday 13th series. We'll be talking about part two from 1981. Oh, yeah. But uh, first, yeah, anything you guys want to, anything exciting in the past week? I want to talk to you about Ready Player One. Have you seen this yet? No, so don't spoil anything, but please tell me. It is so much fun. The plot is so thin, but it doesn't matter, man. From the get-go, I had such a blast with this movie. And everywhere you look, it's like, hey, you like RoboCop? Here's RoboCop. You like Battletoads? There they are. Everywhere (laughs) you look is something cool like an Easter egg. The movie is about fucking Easter eggs. It's awesome, man. I had a blast with it. I'm currently reading the book, but I heard the book is much more different. It's a little more nerdy and D&D and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm dying to see the movie, but I'm I'm just trying to have to convince Becky to go. uh, She's not down with these big CGI fests. No, she doesn't um, like it? It's Spielberg, so come on. Well, if you Um, want to go, we'll we'll go on a date if you want. I'll check it out again. I don't mind. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm definitely, that's like one of my films I'm dying to see. It is like a Spielberg, like, hey, remember like fun action movies? Here they are. This has been like a solid month. Like we we have that just came out. Uh, we also had uh, what is it? The Quiet the Place. Quiet Place, I which is seen getting that yet, like but I've heard insane like reviews. Like it, it's like apparently this year's Get Out. Awesome. Directed by The Office's, written and directed by The Office's John Krasinski. But uh, Jim Jim Halford. Yeah, it's apparently really <laughs> really good. And then we in like a couple of weeks we got Infinity War, which I'm not. Eh, I, I should be listen. a lot more excited about it, but I'm not yet. I guess but, 10 I mean, years in the making, but still, yeah. like, I've been. So, I haven't even seen Black Panther. I was so disappointed with every time like the Avengers assemble. It's like, all right, come on. That, they, I just, they better kill off a couple of people. That's all. I, I think I want. they will actually. So, but yeah, either way, it's been a. I mean, times have changed. This would have normally been like you know July or something. Instead, this is like. May. You know, April May. We're getting these uh, big big ten pole releases. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, I, I actually uh, watched uh, two movies I wanted to talk about. Yeah, shoot, man. 
I was just laughing about the tentpole releases being early. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Character right out of Friday the 13th. Yeah, you actually would be the Joker in this situation. <laughs> well, I don't like that at all. Which in this yeah. film, I mean, are you we spoiling actually, that yeah. the Joker in this film, he survives? It's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> That's strange. He always goes first, right? Uh, good for him. He's a ginger. It's nice yeah. to see something good happen at ginger. Um, but anyways, I watched... Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about two films, actually, because they kind of relate in the sense that... Uh, have you guys heard of the horror packs? No. I, I never did it myself, either, because I've heard it's a ripoff. But I guess it's like this club. You pay $20 a month, and you get a box shipped to your house of like horror movies, shirts, okay. uh, Room Org magazines. Yeah, it's almost like a, a nerd box, whatever Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they've done a bunch of them. And I think, yeah, other than the nerd box, I think the horror one's one of the more popular yeah. ones. I think you can get everything these days, like sci-fi, comedy, The Loot Crate was a nerd box. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, I never joined because... Uh, Is this a way of telling you that we just got sponsorship? <laughs> no, no, I wish. Uh, right, right. Um, I, actually, I don't even care to wish. Um, but no, because uh, no, I'm going to make fun of them for oh, a bit. Okay. I never I never got on them because usually like you would get movies that you would find for like three bucks or five yeah. bucks ever movies you already own every time I saw like the movies people would get it once in a while they'd be like ah oh, that's a pretty good deal for you know 20 bucks but a lot of the stuff I had but they started doing every couple months they would do these exclusive discs and um, unfortunately the only way you get them was from the horror packs or like on eBay for you know obviously increased uh- prices but I, I found out about actually this which no they're not sponsoring us either <laughs> but um there's a site called pop-up pack and what it is is they every month that you sign up and every month they do like you know they just did like comedy and i think right now it's thriller they did sci-fi but what they did a horror and what it is is they get all these movies the leftover stock and they sell them for like Cheaper, a bit cheaper, a bit cheaper. I mean, they're not. They're still like you're still paying ten, fifteen bucks, whatever. But again, it's better than like doing a horror pack where you don't know what you're going to get. This one, like, I get to pick the movies, so I'm not buying stuff, getting duplicates. Um, Anyways, I picked up two films from there that were these exclusives that I've been wanting to get, but I wasn't going to pay eBay prices. But anyways, the the one I wanted to talk about first was Knuckle Bones from 2016. Knuckle Bones. Uh, This fits our episode because it's a slasher. Awesome. Um, so first off, let me just say the acting, writing, atrocious. It's amazing? Atrocious. Okay. <laughs> this is a low-budget film. This is one of those films where the acting is so bad. Like, I don't know how it gets that bad. Do they find these kids from college and, like, why are they that bad if they're actors? Are they their friends? I don't know. And and the women, like, a lot of the women, other than the lead, the other two women kind of look like those plasticky fake women. I'm like, oh, yeah. you obviously hired these women just because they're going to get topless. But they didn't. <laughs> huh. So, anyways, acting is terrible. The, the characters are unlikable, too. So, I'm not really selling you on this film. No. Um, and, and, actually, one of the women on there has, like, the worst scream. I, 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 uh, you, you know, you had, to, you had to actually see it. Like, I started laughing. Like, it sounded <laughs> like she was humming a song. She's like, Like, it was like, what it the like fuck? It wasn't like a, like a scream of pleasure or uh, no it was supposed to scream like i'm like what the fuck why would you so this you hire this chick they can't act she's not getting topless for you and she can't even scream like are you kidding me you're telling me you well, cannot find anyone better than this maybe there was like a casting couch thing involved like, maybe uh, 
But anyway, so the first third is kind of a tough watch, and I was not really digging this film. It did have a cool setup. You have, um, I guess, his knuckle bones. Is this, he's resurrected the Nazis. It goes back to flashback during the Dude, war. Dude, I am okay with this. Nazis resurrect him, and then you find out that, I guess, um, this other kid in this hospital resurrects him by playing this board game called Knuckle Bones. So I was like, ah, it's oh, kind, of kind of a cool, cool story. Yeah, cool idea. You play this Knuckleboards board game and resurrect this creature. Um, and he's got kind of a cool look. He's kind of like a big zombie. He's got like is worms it a hanging comedy down his face. or is it more like a actual slasher? Well, it's slasher. it's like a kind of going for that eighty yeah. slasher vibe. There's some definitely comedic moments, but so yeah, the first third is not good. But thankfully, once it he he gets resurrected and he comes back and starts killing people, it's it's a it's a ton of fun. Um, great, it's all like practical effects. At least I believe it was. I didn't notice any CGI, but you're getting like heads and bodies oh, split awesome. in half and sliced off and. Um, even the character, like when he first comes back, his resurrection was kind of cool. Like they're playing the board, the the game, and I guess they roll whatever they need to roll. And the one character, all these bones start like ripping out of her skin, and then she falls to the ground. And as she falls to the ground, you see something come out of her stomach, and the fucking Knucklebones character rips out of her. Oh, stomach. that's cool! I was man. like, this is kind of cool. That's like, almost like Pledge Night, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. But again, like for a low budget, it all looked good. Here's the funny thing: so Knucklebones, supposed to be his character, he's he has been resurrected for you know a couple of years, a long time. But yet he's doing he starts doing like um, please that, tell me he break dances, <laughs> not quite. But he does do. Um, here, here's a line: pop and lock it. So um, this this big tough guy knocks him over, and he's like. I thought this would have been a lot harder. And Knucklebones replies, that's what she said. <laughs> and then stabs him in the dick or something. And then he's like... You sold me already, man. Then he's got a chainsaw and he's like, the guy's on the ground, he's like, don't worry, it's just a chip. And he shoves the chainsaw up the guy's ass and tears apart. Like, there's a, it's just like, it doesn't make sense, but whatever, man. You, you have in. fun with it. You know that game, um, I actually had to look it up. It's actually apparently they, they, they just called... They played in Aliens, right? Sorry? Like that bishop plays in an Aliens. Yeah, apparently it's... I looked it up, the knife game, and apparently that's actually what it's just called. The knife, the knife game? game? But here's some other names. This has nothing to do with the movie, yeah. but I thought it was kind of funny when I was trying to figure out the name of this game. Yeah. Uh, Pinfinger, Nerve, Bishop, which I would assume is based off of Alien. Makes sense. Serbian Tectris. <laughs> Stab Scotch. <laughs> Five Finger Filet. That's actually kind of amazing. And stab between the fingers game. <laughs> so, all these are like, just kind of like where's the creative? But uh, yeah, I got this. I think yeah. from Wikipedia, so I don't know. I mean, stab between the fingers <laughs> game. Like, what genius thought of this? <laughs> but anyways, there's a cool scene where he grabs a knife and he does that to the guy's hand. He's like, and he goes really fast, and then when like you see him pull the knife away, the guy's whole hand is like torn apart. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of cool gags like that which I, I enjoyed. Um, I assume you play knifey finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, they, they they get some more um, fodder that comes in these uh, these punks come in these homeless druggy punks. Oh, it's always like um, these punkers are the best. Well, this is in present time and. Uh. It, they're mining for copper. Is that a thing? Like, do homeless people yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, okay. like, uh, it's a big industry in, like, Detroit and, like, oh, abandoned okay. areas. Oh, okay. So, I, I guess I was just like, yeah. is that really a thing? But, yeah, these guys come in, and they're just so over the top. Because that's where you get one girl, this ugly girl gets nude um, for no reason. Um, and then, you know, they're having sex. And the, the guy, as they're getting killed having sex, the one guy's, like, 10 feet away from them, and he can't hear just because it wouldn't fit the plot. It makes no sense. But, anyways, um, yeah, they, they introduce a bunch stop, of people stop. to get killed. You, you sold me already, buddy. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, to, to, to pretty much uh, finish it off, 
if you can, once you get past the first third, it's all big, dumb fun, um, tons of cool kills, and it it doesn't really let up. And I, I'm not going to spoil it, but the way the final girl defeats him is insane. I won't say any more than that. I was just okay. like, wow, it's here, here, here's. Uh, I'll give you if you enjoy Ash and Evil Dead, <laughs> what he has to do. You, you may get a kick out of this. It like she she does some crazy things to herself to defeat the monster. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's kind of ballsy. And then on top of that, there's another twist ending, which was also kind of big, dumb, and, and fun. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't even mention the plot, but the plot is this: this woman just uh, her boyfriend, her fiance, sorry, breaks up for her at the carnival. And it's again, this is the beginning. It's so bad. Like he comes with this huge elephant that he won and hands it to her, and and then says. Yeah, I was just thinking we should see other people. Like, it just feels so, like, <laughs> fake and forced. And then she commits suicide. So her friends decide, well, I heard there's this haunted warehouse. This will make you feel better. And we'll invite the guys. I'm thinking, like, ah, oh, they're going to be, they're going to invite their guy friends. These guys are just trying to all, the two two or three guys are just trying to fuck them. So it's like, I don't know. Like, you're, usually yeah. your close friends, you're not all trying to bang each other. Yeah. But um, anyways, that was all stupid. But yeah. Jimmy licks some mics. Yeah. looking at you. <laughs> If you can get past all that, again, it's not a great movie. Like the the acting, all that is so bad. But man, the the killer and the and the kills and the cheesy one liners. I'm gonna give it five and a half out of ten. I believe the same thing I gave to Microwave Massacre. But again, it's one of those kind of movies like throw on when you have a bunch of friends That's over. That's what I'm thinking. It's definitely a party movie again once you get past that first like 20 minutes or so. And oh yeah, I didn't even mention either. Yeah, the the knuckle bones is it's um, pretty much uh, knuckle bones are like the dice and you have to roll it in, oh, inside a pentagram okay. and try to like roll them inside each like spot of the pentagram. pentagram? Yeah. But yeah, anyways, hey, I, hey, I, I had fun with it. I'm gay, man. Again, one of those movies, like, at first, I was like, ah, oh, man, like, this is limited edition. I can probably sell it. And then, like, now I'm like, yeah, I, I made a good purchase there. Now, the other the other movie I wanted to quickly talk about um, from 2016 is called Minutes Past Midnight, uh, another one that was part of the horror pack. This one, actually, I heard good things about. It's an anthology, and I wanted to... Is that a Stephen to... King book? No, you're thinking of... Four um, Minutes to Midnight? Yeah, you're, there's something like that. But this is one uh, Room Org was originally selling on their website. I don't know if they had an exclusive. I think they were selling it through Amazon stuff. It was kind of available. It's one of those things, though, where there's so much to buy, and, like... Usually, like, do I want to buy this indie anthology or do I want to buy this cool one from the 80s? So I kept on passing it off. Yeah. And then when I went to purchase it, it was sold out. But luckily, I found it here for a price that wasn't like awesome. $40 American. But this anthology was a nice surprise, man. I love was this. It? This was what I wanted the VHS films to be. For for a little indie anthology, like, all of them looked great. The acting was decent from everyone. Like, at high production values. I think it was all Canadian, too. Awesome. Um and yeah, usually that's like when you watch these, it's you know it looks cheap and the acting is just terrible. But this film, not at all. Um, I'll just quickly run through the anthologies. I'll be really quick. Like literally, I have a sentence yeah. for each one. But we got Never Tear Us Apart. Two friends are walking through the woods. They're going to some party in, in the woods, and they happen to run into this house where they see um, a, a couple of cannibals. And there's a little twist ending in there. Um, and that one was just okay. Awake. This one was kind of interesting, like well done, well shot, but I didn't really get any of it. Like, I don't know. It's something maybe I have to try to read up and make sense what they're going for, but pretty much this child never sleeps and he's acting weird. Um, so the first two were just kind of like what you expect usually from these yeah. little indie anthologies. 
but thankfully it picks up with the next one uh, crazy for you this one is about a serial killer that falls in love so it's like while he's on a date he's like has to anytime he sees I think it's um, polka dots he goes crazy polka dots or stripes I think it's polka dots so he, like, he'll see some walk by and he'll be like uh, can you just wait a second let's gotta run the bathroom here and then he'll go kill the guy and then That's come back to his date <laughs> but it, it's fun and again it had a fun little twist there um, but the, the way they pulled off like it, it seems so silly but it actually worked um, my favorite though was the apparition of the mill. This was all done with puppets. Oh, that's amazing. very detailed and like it's hard to describe it. When you think puppets, you think of like Thunderbird stuff like that. Yeah. Like this thing had more like atmosphere than I've seen in like most movies in the past ten years. The lighting, the cinematography, all the sets and everything. It looked like an old gothic film from the you know Hammer film or something like that. Like it looked beautiful, amazing. All the acting was really well done. But um, it's pretty much this guy has a curse that's been put on his family over the years, and he's he decided he's going to um, put an end to it. And it's got um, Barbara Steele does the voice of the uh, witch in it, which is oh, super cool. cool. Um, but yeah, th- this one, again, like... What they did in this, this short time they had allotted to them was like fantastic. Like I could have totally watched, you know, an hour and a half movie of, this. of puppets. It, it would look great. It was so my heart for puppets, man. Me too. And and again, like this blew me away. This looks better than like all these huge fucking hundred million dollar productions. It, it was so cool. And did it look better than Magic? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So watch get this movie and watch it just for that one alone um then we had roid rage this was probably maybe the worst of the the bunch <laughs> so is it about drugs or like hemorrhoids oh shit yeah hemorrhoids roid rage <laughs> this was this was when it didn't feel like it fit it was like it felt like it was it was this really zany kind of trauma-esque grindhouse kind of movie a movie about uh, pretty much this guy has a monster living in his asshole so it actually <laughs> Yeah, there's like purposely bad dubbing and over over the top like yeah. dialogue and acting. I guess it was zany enough that sure, but it, it didn't. The rest of the movies all kind of like actually had something to say, and that one was just felt out of place. Mm-hmm. It would have almost been better as like here's a B side that didn't quite make it because it didn't fit the style of yeah. this film, but it, it's kind of fun. Uh, Feeder was really cool. Um, this guy's uh, he's an artist, um, like a jazz musician or something, folk musician. And he's kind of, you, you get the impression he's lost his inspiration. He's, you know, he's no longer popular and he's trying to write that one album to get him back. But in his apartment, there's this weird thing where like, he sees, in the, like, all of a sudden on the floor, this chalk outline kind of, of like a dead mouse appears there. So he, like, gets a mouse and throws it in there and the, the ground sucks it up. And it keeps on, like, changing, like, then it's a cat. And it keeps on getting, you oh, can kind of crazy. F- figure where it's going to go with. It keeps on getting more and more, and he has to decide, like... And, and, and sorry, when he does that, all of a sudden he hears, like, a tune, and he gets inspired, and he writes this amazing tune. And, you know, his producer and stuff are like, oh, man, this this song's going, like, huge. Oh. Give us more. Um, it's got a really, really cool uh, twist ending as well that I didn't expect. And it, it actually, like, again, in this little time... It does like it tells a really cool story and it makes you think like would you do this like mm-hmm. how far do you go what's what's too far it gets pretty crazy but very cool um, Timothy this is a kid is this is a subtitled I'm not sure where it was from but he's watching this crazy like children's show with a pink rabbit one of those you know those foreign crazy oh yeah shows and uh, the babysitter's like yeah this sucks and changes it or something and then this pink rabbit appears <laughs> while later on at night and. That sounds kind of terrifying, actually. Yeah, it, starts, it, it gets pretty crazy. Um, 
And then probably my other favorite one was called Ghost Train. Two brothers, uh, they're adults, and it's kind of, this kind of felt very Stephen King-esque. And they're adults now, and you're getting flashbacks to when them and their other buddy were these kids. They, they went to this... Um, this old weird like fun house and uh, something happened to their their one friend he disappeared in this fun house but it's very cool you put like the money in and there's like this skull with these eyes and they light up and on the top of this this cabin ride thing there's this huge grim reaper and this mechanical grim reaper and it like moves and like Ah, the doors open and stuff you don't unfortunately get to see like actually them going inside the ride it's more like the entrance of the ride but again, very, very cool, um, very Stephen King-esque. And then the final one was called Horrific, and it was pretty much a redneck fights off a chupacabra <laughs> in a trailer park. But overall, yeah, this anthology was fantastic. Like That's there cool, was, man. there was, like I said, there was the one that didn't really fit. There was one or two that were just okay. But like mm-hmm. for the most part, these were all very well done. And I, I would put this again, like overall, the VHS. Oh, get out of here, movies. Um, I'm gonna give it seven and a half oh, out of awesome. ten. Um, off the lend it to you. I, like I highly right recommend alley, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it might even be on like Shutter or something. Yeah, maybe. I'll have a look. But uh, anyways, they've released. I picked up. Uh, I made sure to order this one before it went out of print. But they also did. Um, I forgot to mention, I guess these are made in Toronto every month. They um, Rumorg puts on this event at a theater in Toronto and they just play a Find bunch of the shorts. Best. They just play yeah, a bunch of shorts every month and that's what this was. It was a compilation of the best oh, shorts. Cool. And you get on the Blu-ray, you get like 10 other shorts that didn't make it, but nothing yeah. that was quite that great. But anyways, they, they released a second one called Galaxy of Horrors, I think. But it's all kind of like space sci-fi horror <laughs> uh, short stories. So uh, I'm going to watch that one next. I heard that one's not quite as good, but th- there was a trailer for it on here and it looked kind of cool. But, dope. Um, anyways, yeah, I highly recommend anyone, if you can if you can find this, check it out. It was one of the better modern day anthologies, which which, I mean, isn't saying much, but yeah. I, I, it was a, definitely a nice surprise for me. Uh, did you guys watch anything? Or No, I just watched the uh, Ready Player One. Jimmy? Uh, not anything worth mentioning. No? Well, I guess, yeah, I, I blabbered on long enough oh, anyways. You guys want to get into um, it? Yeah, let's uh, get into Friday 13th 2. Um, I guess we'll throw up the trailer, and then we'll be back in a couple minutes. Uh, here you go. I, I love this trailer because it's just like the first one where we're going to get the countdown, continuing countdown of all the kills. Uh, here you guys go. June night in 1980, Friday the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, part two. The body count continues. 14. Fifteen. God. Sixteen. Help! Seventeen. Eighteen. Nineteen. Thank you. 
21. 22. 23. Sandra? Jeff? The day you count on for terror is not over. Friday, the 13th. Part 2. Five years after the murders at Camp Crystal Lake, an unknown assailant is stalking a nearby camp. Yes, we are talking about Friday 13th Part 2 from 1981. Um, This is continuing the story. I guess it's five years later. Paul, another counselor, has decided to uh, open up up another camp, but this is not Camp Crystal Lake. It's a a nearby camp, and uh, yeah, someone starts knocking off the counselors. (laughs) They told them they were doomed. Doomed. (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of a funny... uh, I was reading up... uh, Everyone probably knows the Halloween sequels that originally that was meant to be just an anthology that took place Mm -hmm. on on Halloween. That's what was Carpenter's plan. Was this supposed to be the same as well? Yeah, this apparently was... uh, he wanted it to, um, they wanted, uh, I don't know if it was Cunningham, but the plan was to, um, yeah, just do every film would take place on Friday 13th and it would just be like an anthology film series, yeah. uh, just, you know, a random story. But um, what, with the success of the first film and everyone loved the kid before he's up. jumping out, they're like, hmm, well, why don't we bring him yeah. back? Um, this, of course, pissed off, well, I don't know if it pissed off, but Cunningham, uh, didn't like that he's like no like that was meant to be just a jump scare yeah. a dream sequence or whatever like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense that he would come back and he and betsy palmer same thing she said like well that kind of defeats the purpose of the whole movie because if he's been alive the whole time then why did she do she, yeah. she's been doing all this stuff for the past it 30 years the or whatever like the timeline a bit odd, yeah right? and then tom savini same thing with him i think he was busy doing another film midnight anyways but he he said like no like in my film jason was in friday 13th as yeah. a kid and that's it you know yeah but um i i, I would have loved to possibly see that anthology series i think that could have been fun but then we wouldn't have this film, which, in yeah, exactly. my opinion, is one of the greatest slasher films of all time. I, I don't want to give anything away, but we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, actually, before we get into who made it and everything, why yeah. don't we just share our basic thoughts? I'll let you guys start off so I don't jab her on too long. I love the lead girl in this. I think she's absolutely amazing. Jenny? Oh, Amy Steele, yeah. yeah. I absolutely love her. Yeah, like, I, I, I really enjoy that she's like this tough kind of kick-ass woman take no shit mm-hmm. but she's also like funny and you know cool yeah she's got charm to her yeah um she she was the one of the the lead characters in another one of my favorite slasher films april fool's day that's right that's right but um yeah i was looking up on her to see what she did since then i guess she kind of stayed active a lot of the the actors in this we'll go through it um but a lot of them like kind of kept busy but they didn't really do like break out like she did like soap opera she did an episode yeah. of millennium um but i did find actually recently in 2014 she did a movie called tales of poe i checked oh, out the shit. trailer it looked kind of cool it's an anthology film oh, awesome um, about like edgar Allan poe tales yeah but it looked again like decent production value so maybe worth checking out but yeah no i agree she's definitely and the again, standout in this. i like every single one in this movie too like all the characters are charming in their own separate way and it feels like you're back at camp with these guys which is kind of cool yeah i think it's just like the first film i think um this film, the reason why I enjoy the, the first two films uh, is because, like you just mentioned, like these characters are all very likable and kind of characters you would want to hang out with. That's really a problem with what I have with a lot of modern day slashers. It's like they don't get it. They, to them, they think like 
a lot of the modern day slashers, it's like, well, we got to make characters you hate, so you want to see them die. And it's yeah. like, no, you want to make characters we love. You relate, so you're actually upset when they die. Exactly, and I, I think that's missing. I mean, I, again, I said this about the first film, and I, I can say it about this film as well. Like, I could watch these characters and just... Jason didn't even have to show up. If this was just a team romp, I would mm. be fine with it. Like, yeah. these characters were fun. But anyway, sorry, go on. Jimmy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, uh, really dug this movie as well. The one thing that I'll say is a lot of the ideas that were kind of set up in the first one, like all the, uh, would have become like the tropes, yeah. kind of find their footing in this movie. Definitely. Um, you have the specific character types, the certain key plot moments. Then, mm-hmm. you know, after this movie, you basically, you see them in every yeah, movie. Yeah, that's exactly kind of, it. Like you were saying about the Joker, like... Yeah, the funny guy. He doesn't die, which is kind of fucked up, right? We have this this film introduced the uh, the skinny dipper, which you're going to see a lot of that in yeah. horror films. Someone goes skinny dipping, they come out and they die. Um, and how creepy is that one dude who's like stealing their clothes and... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I don't really see him as a likable character. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he's the one guy like that feels out of place, like... Everyone else seems like, yeah, he's kind of the guy that, like, you know how there's always that weirdo at the party and you're afraid he's, like, in a roofie someone? Yeah. He's that guy, like, he just had that date rapist face he on He does, him. and he had, like, the bedroom eyes, like, constantly. And, and even when he was dancing with the dog. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, right? And, well, he is a creepy, like, he when the the one woman gets out skinny dipping, mm. her clothes are gone, he's hid them. Like, yeah. He just seems like a sleazy pervert. Yeah. And, like, I don't know about you, but, I, like, is that how you pick up? Women in the eighties, you shoot them in, in the ass with a rock I with think a slingshot. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he reminded me of like a kind of like two you'd see in Jalo films where there's always that like really sleazy kind of rapist guy. Yeah, I don't know. He, he's yeah, he's the one character. That I'm like, yeah, again, but whatever. There's always one at a party. Yeah, right? again, it's fine with having one yeah. guy that you want to see die. You know, we still have mostly a likable mm-hmm. cast, but. Yeah, I, I don't know how I where I rank this because I really love Friday Thirteenth and that one I seem to enjoy more and more. But th- this is definitely up there. Like I mentioned several times, not only is this probably my favorite of the Friday Thirteenth, the only one that maybe comes close. I really enjoy Part Six as well. That one's just such That's a fun Jason ride. Lives. Uh, Jason lives. Yeah, but yeah, probably one and two are, are the strong points for me. They're the mm-hmm. ones that like again have these likable characters. This, of course, is the first film with Jason, and I know everyone loves the hockey mask for I me. I do love the bag. The potato sack is yeah. much, much scarier. Yeah. I mean, the first time you actually see, because the, the, the whole time you are you don't know who's doing the killings. I don't know if we're spoiling, but I think mm-hmm. we all know at this point yeah, that it it's Jason. But um, the first time he's revealed and he pops up, like even now watching, I was like, that's pretty fucking terrifying. Right? Uh, th- this was right after uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which mm-hmm. was based on a real serial killer in, in Tex- Tex- Texarkana. Texarkana. Um so the, yeah, they, they took that mask, and I don't know. I think it works wonderfully in this. Like I, I do find it more unsettling, frightening than the, yeah. the hockey mask. I know the hockey mask is more iconic, iconic, but I, I would be fine if you know if they did when they do another remake. I guess for the last remake, he did kind of have the, the bag type face, but um, yeah, Ginny, I agree. I think uh, I don't know if I, this is crazy, but I, I'm just trying to think about it. She may be my favorite final girl of all time. I'm trying to think of anyone that tops her. Like she, she kicks ass and like she outsmarts him. Like, yeah, I do. Like again, we got a, a final girl that is not a virgin, and once again, this tends to be a recurring theme yeah. in these films. She seems to be sleeping with the head counselor, and she's smart too, right? Like she's yeah. like a psychiatrist or what a child, yeah, psychologist. exactly. She kind of, yeah, she does that perfect mm. where she's like 
she's sympathetic yeah but she's also like really cool and awesome and kicks ass and the, the chase scene we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit but that 20 minute final chase scene is is, good, is right? again one of my favorite final chase scenes of all time um the one thing i will say about this film that kind of hurts it is the effects no fault of uh so we, we mentioned tom savini couldn't come back or, or didn't want to come back mm-hmm. stan winston was actually hired oh, um, to take over but um something happened some some kind of scheduling conflict he had to leave and uh carl fullerton ended up taking over but he's got to be like at his credits like he's got a big you know, I, think, I think he's won academy awards and whatnot for his uh, effects so no no fault of his i mean the effects you can definitely see are there but after friday 13th the mpa was like yeah we shouldn't have let all these cuts go it through it looks like they cut the hell out of this movie, oh th- right? this film is yeah this film is i think there's like a minute of and in a minute doesn't sound like much but when you add like you know 10 seconds on a uh, kill. kill scene when they're only like quite a couple bit, seconds right? long is it's huge so yeah th- this film was butchered quite a bit but yeah that that is i guess the one fault but the, the kills are decently again we get another in the first film we had the the kill from kevin bacon from below mm-hmm. this time we got it from above which is right out of the mario bava film um bay of blood yeah the double impalement <laughs> which is very cool um and yeah, all the other characters I think are awesome. You got the goofy ginger. They got the uh, the wheelchair bound dude. The wheelchair bound, <laughs> yeah, which is like he, he's. I wonder if like Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired that. I don't know. Well, I don't know because Texas Chainsaw Massacre the exact opposite. Yeah, you got you, exactly. You got the most one of the yeah. most annoying characters with one of the cooler characters. Um, you got uh, Jeff, who's uh, did you know? I I was looking at him. He kind of reminds me of the blonde John Travolta. Did you guys he get really that? Look like that, right? Especially that weird hat that he wears. Right? Uh, you got his girlfriend, who seems very underage and apparently wise. Did you guys hear about that? No, was she underage? So apparently, should I feel bad about myself? <laughs> well, apparently, in their sex scene, she had a full frontal nudity scene oh, get out and then they found out she was underage so they had to like cut it and oh, get crazy. rid of all that footage that's crazy but yeah she's kind of the troublemaker young troublemaker mm. she's the one that's she again, wants to go check out the again camps. the women in these films yeah. I, I never noticed it before but watching it now you really notice like the women in these films are the ones at the balls like yeah. she's the one that keeps saying he's like I don't know man I'm afraid and like she's like stop being a pussy like let's go check out the Camp Crystal Lake <laughs> But yeah, she she was kind of fun. She was um, in Neon Maniacs. I don't know if you've seen that. No, uh, I haven't. Code Red released it. It's kind of a fun film about Neon Maniacs. No, like neon <laughs> but it, it, it's pretty much a bunch of monster creatures, like a samurai and shit, and they come back and these teens have to take them out. It's really fun. She awesome. also did Rad, which is like a, one of those like bike or skateboard. <laughs> yeah, things. like BMX kids. Yeah. Um, who else is in there? Uh, we got uh, the. Um, the horny virgin that's always trying to How sleep with the wheelchair. How great is pair. that girl? Like saying, like, what do we play for? Position. Yeah, like, I love yeah. that. You getting some girl? And then, you got to love the scene too, where she's like getting it's all... herself, and then she spritz her puss. Like, yeah. kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but she she was in Girls' Night Out again. You look at this cast, and like for some reason, Friday Thirteenth we talked about last time. Like such a great cast, and you look, and none of them really did anything with it. Whereas this film, you look and like. They didn't do a lot, but they all at least you can look at everyone and they're like, okay, they all have a couple films that you're like, mm-hmm. ah, I recognize them. In They've that. done things. Yeah, um, you got Kirsten Baker, who's uh, Terry. She's the one, the girl with the short shorts and the Shih Tzu. Oh yes, yes, yes. Did yes, you get yes. the impression? I kind of got the impression she was a lesbian, but maybe it's just because she was trying to like throw off the creepy. Yeah, dude. maybe. But I don't know. I I, I thought the, they were kind of hinting at something there without you know fully embracing it. Talking in the eighties, yeah. 
Um, but even her, she did like Teen Lust and the Gas Pump Girls <laughs> and um, the Michael J. Fox Midnight Madness, where it's like that. It's like one of those scavenger hunt movies. Oh, that's awesome. Who else? Yeah, it would, the Scott that I don't met, that I hated, the date rapist. He's uh, he did have a decent. He was also the guy from Chopping Mall. Oh, okay, and that makes uh, sense. where the boys are eighty four. And then I looked. He, it looks like I'm pretty sure it's that a soft, like a gay porn. Actually, where the well, boys are. I actually own it. And I haven't watched it. Well, no, it, it is a teen romp, but yeah. from the female perspective. But I heard yeah. it's it's kind of fun. I think it's like a remake. Yeah. Um, Scorpion release. I picked up on Blue. I haven't got around it yet, though. But he actually did. Funny mention that because I'm pretty sure he did do a softcore porn. Oh, film did he? Called um, Club VR. But if you read the plot and look at the front, it looks like soft bumps and waterfalls. Porn. Um, who else? There's a token black guy, but he has nothing to do. No, whatsoever. Like, there's a bunch of kids, but they just kind of go to the bar and they stay. They the never bar. come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, oh, we didn't even mention Paul, the head guy. Uh, he's from Island Claws, which is another movie I picked up and haven't watched <laughs> about giant crabs killing people. Amazing. Uh, Ted's the goofy kind of ginger guy that I like that guy actually he was a fun character he's kind of fun the, the, the prank at the beginning mm-hmm. he has their, their truck towed and they're chasing after it and you find out yeah he's got his buddy doing it oh and then of course Crazy Ralph is back oh I love this guy once again I warn the others you're doomed you're all doomed what's the word of that tool that they use not guillotine like a garret yeah something like that that he gets strangled with mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I like that scene actually. Yeah. I thought it should have gone on longer. I think because yeah. you actually see like the cutting through. His well, neck, again, uh, it, it probably got cut. Yeah. right? Uh, he kind of did. You get uh, he reminded me of Lloyd Kaufman in this. Yeah, one. he did like look a lot like Uncle Lloyd. And then, of course, we got to mention uh, again. I don't think we're spoiling anything. Jason Voorhees. I heard there's a lot of contention who actually played Jason Voorhees in this, whether it was like the actor or the stuntman. Yeah, there was a big controversy. Um, Warrington Gillette, I guess, was some guy they needed. I think he applied to be one of the the counselors and didn't make it. Mm-hmm. But they're like, ah, you know, how about you can be Jason? I think he had a bit of stunt background. Work. So he, the only scene he ever filmed was the scene where his uh, mask gets ripped off and he jumps to the window. And I guess like something, I don't know if he did it wrong or it was something happened, but he didn't like break through and hurt himself. And then Steve... Daskowitz took over and he yeah. was actually a real stunt guy and he did like all this crazy stuff but yeah for, for years this Warrington Gillette's been going around telling everyone I was the Jason part two uh, I guess he was to an extent but, but, but really the other guy did like 90% of the work the other guy I think had like his finger almost chopped off I heard yeah all, all these well, crazy things there happened there was a story of like uh, I guess uh, when at the final scene when she's like hitting the um, axe handle with the machete <laughs> she missed and got his finger so he's like, oh, shit, I got to go to the hospital and get stitches. So he goes to the hospital, and I guess he had, like, a machete in his shoulder from, like, a prop. So like, oh, shit, we got to take it. He's like, no, 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 no. It's just the, uh, the finger I need to get taken care of. This is just a, a prop. I thought it was kind of a fun story. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, again, I know the whole robotic, everyone, Kane Hodder's the, the, the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that version, too, but I do like this version that runs. I like yeah, the, he's the redneck like person, right? This seems exactly like it's he's a not kid like a, that like survived a, out in the yeah. woods, and he doesn't really understand what's right or wrong, and he's been he fending off animals. And I, I don't know. I think it's really cool, and I, I think it just makes it scarier. The other one seems... The other one's more fun. You're yeah. used to it where he just appears out of nowhere or the girl's running and he catches up to her even though he's walking. Mm-hmm. It works in those films yeah. and it's, it's don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it. But there's when he's chasing her down, it's pretty, it's it's, pretty scary. 
And I, I just, yeah, I love the look yeah. of it. Yeah. And what, like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, but that final mm-hmm. 20 minute, like chase scene is, great, is just right? fucking incredible. And yeah, I mentioned uh, Daskowitz got pretty hurt. Apparently, not only the finger, but he also, I think he broke a couple of his ribs. He was knocked out. <laughs> the, the list goes on and on. This guy got quite injured. So. It's probably a good thing that the other guy didn't do it, right? If yeah. You, like a trained stunt guy? You can understand why he'd be a bit peeved that yeah. the other guy was taking credit when he, he did all this. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. My, my overall thoughts on this film, it's just like, I don't know what I like better in part one. Part one works great with the mystery, but I think... You know, the killer in this one, I, well, I don't know. The killer in the first one's pretty good yeah, too, with right? like the, you know, the crazy, like, mommy, Yeah. But he's terrifying in this one, Jason. I love the look of the, when he takes off the mask too, like, yeah. prosthetic. They, they both work well. This one also does have a really cool campfire tale, which yeah. I enjoy, where they're all sitting around the campfire and they actually tell, tell the, the story, the story of, uh, of the first film. I mean, it is very well directed as well. I think they both are. Um, Steve Miner took over this one at this film. He went on to do like um, Halloween H two O, Lake Placid. He, he will talk about him. Is that actually. the one with Busta Rhymes or LL Cool J? Uh, I forget. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and we'll talk about him again because yeah. he also directed Friday Thirteenth Part Three. Oh shit! And the classic, classic Soul Man, one of the <laughs> most racist, you know, eighties, nineties movies. That sounds amazing. Um, have you seen it? No. What is it? You've seen Soul Man, right? I don't think I have. Is that the one with Dan Aykroyd? No, I think that was a TV show. Okay. Mm. Was he plays like a father, like yeah, a like, reverend? Yeah. <laughs> it started out C. Thomas Howell, and he doesn't get into like some college, so he finds out that um, they're accepting... Uh, no way. Yeah, Is this ex- seriously like the plot of this movie? Yeah, so... Ooh. Yeah, he finds it like... They're accepting so many black people into their college, so he decides he's going to do blackface. Oh, no. <laughs> to get into the... No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I can't believe that was made in 1986. Like, that's... That's crazy. You think by that point they would have realized that that's like, not oh, right? But no. I actually have it on DVD, and it is a lot of fun. Like, it, it, it's your standard, like, teen romp. Like, yeah. he gets in all the hijinks. Well, was that, like, one of the boys where, like, yeah, the guy exactly. dresses The up. guy dresses as the woman. It's the, kind of the same thing, and it's... But, yeah, it's definitely, like, whoa, I can't believe yeah. that got made. But um, I, I recommend it. But, uh, yeah, he's he's got a decent little credit list uh, to his name there. Um, but, anyways, uh, yeah... This film is very well directed as well. Like I think it's just as well directed as the first film. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, like Sean sure. and Cunningham did a lot of cool long takes. This one does have a really we haven't even talked about, but the opening is it's pretty much one at least it's fake to be one long like I ten minute. I really take, enjoyed that. Which I guess we should mention. So if everyone's wondering what happened, Adrian King, Zalas character, what you know she defeated the mother, Mrs. Voorhees, Mrs. Voorhees and uh, you know survives the boy out of the lake. Um, so she opens the film, and you get it. It's about a five minute flashback, and it goes through the whole first film, yeah. and then it's pretty much again. It's all one long take or fake she's to be on the phone. With her on mom. the phone, then she gets in the shower, and yeah, the camera never really cuts away, which is kind of cool. Or again, you don't think it does. And apparently, she just like ad libbed all that. Like oh, she yeah, didn't the, on the phone with her mom. She didn't even have a script or anything, and she was actually kind of disappointed because she was like. 
yeah, I'll do this. And, you know, right now I can't do this film because she had this whole stalker issue. Yeah. Like a serious, like he actually broke in her house oh, and everything. here, really? You got to remember this is before, this is the 80s when like that shit wasn't really taken seriously. Yeah. Cops were like, oh, you know, he, we can't do anything. He hasn't really like attacked you or yeah. anything. They had to wait till you literally got attacked before they yeah. took it seriously. But it was like really, really serious that she had to pretty much disappear and get out of acting. That's crazy. But she said, fine, I'll return. But just, you know, if you can just, you know, leave it open, you know, hopefully I'll, maybe I'll come back in a later sequel. She didn't get a script and she comes there and finds out they're going to kill her off and pretty much eliminating her chance of coming back. And then on top of it, she gets stabbed in the head with an ice pick and the ice pick didn't go through. The effect didn't fully work. So it like actually like jammed her. Oh, the side oh of her head. No. Oh. So she was not having a good day, no. I'm, I'm betting. I don't think she thinks too highly of this film. Uh, th- there are other sides of the story. Some say that she didn't come back because she wanted too much money. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of get the impression hearing her tell it on, on the documentary that that's definitely more what she's saying happened. Yeah. But it is a really cool opening. She opens the fridge and the mother's head is there. Which that's is dope, right? Messed up. And then she gets killed. The one I do have a problem with that opening. And Why is this? Well, two things. One, we have Jason walking through like a busy kind of city yeah. town. It's like he should stay in, in the woods. Crystal Lake in How the woods. How would he know where she lives, I guess? And then number two, the, the bigger problem is Why'd he crank calls in? her. Does he? Well, think about it. He calls and she picks up the phone and no one's there. And she says, oh, no one's there. And then she hangs up. That's him, obviously. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. He's been in the woods. He wouldn't even know what a phone yeah. is, let alone get her number. Why would he put the head in the fridge? Shut yeah. it, and then wait for it to open the fridge. I mean, obviously, we're overthinking this yeah, too much. Hey, fair <laughs> enough. I don't know. It's kind of silly when you when you do think about it. But, um, but yeah, overall, Steve Miner, again, like I said, that 20-minute, he makes it up in that 20-minute oh, final yeah. that is so well-directed. Like, you literally have, she runs in again a long take. She runs in the cab, and, and you just see in the background Jason following her and just through the window, and I'm like, that's it's cool, so right? well done. So I want to talk about the kill in the wheelchair. How kind of awesome is that? Like he gets like a fucking machete in the oh, it's uh, depressing. Neck, then he falls down this flight of stairs in his chair. <laughs> well, the worst part is too. It's like this guy's like he's not this. Usually, you have like like the asshole in Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre in the wheelchair, he's all whiny. Or you you have like someone that's like given up on life. This guy's like fuck the wheelchair. Yeah. I'm gonna get out of this. He's optimistic. Exactly. He's in training. Exactly. I'm a pro football player. I'm gonna. I'll be back. I'll be rocking in no time. You know, he's he's charming. He's beating the guys in the arm wrestlers, and then he's got he's gonna bed this chick that's totally in, into yeah, a shit. Yeah, yeah. He's got everything going for him, and you know it ends like that. Like it's it's fucking depressing. Uh, it's you definitely really love these characters. Eh? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. you really uh, yeah. fall in love with this guy. Well, this guy apparently the the actress had a actually real crush on him, Tom, Tom McBride. Oh, yeah? But he he was gay in real life. But he um, he had a bit part in Remo Willens, but he actually did this documentary. I just found out about this recently called Life and Death on the A-List. He died like a couple years after this of AIDS. Oh, really? Uh, during that whole, you know, when AIDS yeah, was the killing swell. off everyone. Um, and this documentary is literally following him like as he has it to like his deathbed. Oh, that's crazy. And it, I don't want to see it. Like, wow. It sounds like it's like most depressing yeah. movie. You're just watching him go from... And I guess like... They say too, like, because they're saying A list. The guy did like Friday Thirteenth and like one or two other bit parts. But I guess like in the gay community, if you did like anything, you were like Tom Cruise. You or your, yeah, you were the the, the well, you were an A list. You probably could have picked someone better than Tom Cruise, but <laughs> <laughs> Clint Eastwood. I don't know yeah. from that time, but yeah, and it, he even says like, yeah, I'm just more disappointed that I need to get the bed more hot guys." Like, <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, apparently it's just really depressing, like 
low key I think it's like an hour long and just watching and you just see him like you know he's all like this fit guy and by the end of it he's like frail, frail and, man anyways yeah it's pretty depressing to hear that about that because he, mm-hmm. he is such a likable mm-hmm. character, character in, this film. in this movie and you could definitely see him moving on to like a career yeah you know what I mean but yeah, that that death is definitely the the one that hits me one of the hardest in yeah. the in the series. It's crazy, right? Just because again, man, you just feel so it's, bad it's for this guy. Not like he just gets it like a knife in the head, no. but they actually like fall down the flight of stairs yeah. in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't even mention Harry Mancini is back. The score is more of the same. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's, awesome. it's good. Yeah, and yeah, I, I did want to mention. So after the Alice death, again we get the zoom in to the logo, the, the Friday Thirteenth oh. logo. With the music again, but in this in this one, the first one hits the screen. This yeah. one, it just fucking blows up. It's cool. It's right? so stupid and ridiculous, I but love, it's like I loved how ridiculous it is. Right? It's over the top and ridiculous, but at the same time, like imagine seeing the theaters, everyone be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" yeah. I would have loved to see that, you know, that on the big amazing. screen for the first time. We didn't really get any nudity in this film either. I don't I think. I got the young there? girl, didn't you? No, I thought you saw some uh, some uh, tea. Maybe. I'd do a little bit with the skinny dipping. Oh, this, yeah, oh, the Terry, you yeah, get a little bit. but sense. Again, everything was kind of trimmed out of this film. It definitely seems like... Oh, they, they, they trimmed the trim? <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention the uh, the Shih Tzu dog. Yeah. How cool is that scene where the dog like walks up to Jason's legs, and then you just cut to the hot dogs? I thought that the, was amazing. Girl. I really like that scene. Now, okay. here's a question Spoilers, for you guys. Right? Right now? So at the end of this, is that dog still alive or? Well, yeah, that's that what I was going to ask. What do you guys think? I think like that's part of a dream. Like the dog's dead, right? Because they well, find it. It's that's well. Talk, I think we'll, we should talk about that at the end a okay. little bit more. But Travolta and the underage girl do find it. Yeah. A dog that they think they seem to look at it and say that's her dog. Yeah. Because they call it by name and say, ah, oh, should we tell Terry? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm thinking. It's, it's definitely debatable. We'll talk about a little bit in the spoiler section because that ending is very, um, uh, uh, not ambiguous. <clears throat> yeah, ambiguous. Well, there's two different ways you can look at it, and I think both ways you can find proof to back them up. Yeah. So, um, we'll go over it a little bit, but yeah, I definitely wanted to mention that dog because it's kind of you, you never really know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we do get the famous, uh, last words, I'll be right back. Again, I don't know if this is the first film to do it, but, um, the, the horny girl thinks she says that and then goes and sprays her perfume and doesn't make it back. What would you guys think of her, uh, her look, the, the granny panties? That, that's amazing, right? Oh, it does it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good old ladies. I just love like, this is her sexy yeah. outfit. I'm like, Ew, you. well, you got to figure they're camping, right? Like no one brings sexy underwear camping. Right, oh, I you do. I usually wear that. Bring that pink thong. Uh, I, did wait. you actually wear a pink thong that one time, or yeah, no? Yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you know, you so like to. I stand corrected. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. You never know when you're gonna need to pull that out. Yeah, you know what I mean, fair a night enough. of drinking. Um, again, we do got a cool set. The it's not Camp Crystal Lake, but it might as well be. It's another cool camp set. Another rainstorm. I do love the uh, rainstorm. Which you gotta have. And um, the cop in this is actually kind of amazing too he's kind of like a dick too like uh, yeah, yeah. but they're kind of giving him the grills like he's trying to like alright I don't want these kids around this murder site so keep keep your kids like uh, off and the guy's like okay no seconds on dessert like the guy's kind of being a dick to the cop well 
to be fair, the murder site is five years ago. It's not a murder. Well, imagine imagine yeah. saying, oh, Maddie, that it's, there's a murder down the street. We should never go on that street for five years. Okay, well, not, no one actually believes in the maybe, curse. Like To them, it's all like... like uh, going to an abandoned campground is just asking for disaster at this point, too, right? It's for their own safety. Well, in an 80s slasher film, yes. Yeah, but in the real yeah. world, I mean, really, if, if someone got murdered in a campground five years ago, would you not... No, no, you would, but you, you wouldn't, wouldn't be worried about it being You wouldn't go to an abandoned campground because, say, hypothetically, uh, you, you'd fall down a well and you twist yeah. your ankle. That's a death yeah. sentence. Yeah. I can see why the cops would yell at these guys. The, He's the most sympathetic character <laughs> in this movie, I think. <laughs> we do have to mention, too, like, yeah. according to them, they caught the killer. So it's not like yeah. they think there's another killer out there. Up to this point, it's not like the other film where we had someone poisoned in the lake and all this shit. Yeah. Nothing has really happened for five years. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, the, I do To me, I disagree. It. I think the cop is, like, your typical dick yeah, cop. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I have, a, I have a different view of him. I just don't like teenagers. <laughs> I'm gonna be the kind of guy who's like. It reminds me of my pops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old sheriff dad. Um, so when this guy uh, bites it, he goes into this uh, shack, which is kind of fucking terrifying, right? Well, it's scary. And They're, you don't see what he sees, but he yeah, sees something that. And he does not like him. it. I thought that was such a well done. Yeah. And a claw hammer mm-hmm. in the face. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have too much more to say that's not in spoilers. Do you, Do you guys spoilers? have anything yeah. that? Or? No, I just want to say Well, like, I guess let's just give our final yeah. thoughts in right. our, our uh, rating, and then we'll go into the spoilers. I had such a fun time with this movie, and it's such a nostalgic movie for me, so I got to give it eight. Like, okay. There's nothing not to like. Jimmy D. Uh, yeah, same thing. Kind of get that nostalgic vibe watching it. It's one of those movies that I always enjoyed growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got all those tropes in there. It's got, you know, again, like the Volkswagen Beetle that won't start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that brings you back, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Which that has a nice little fun payoff, too, mm-hmm. how she kind of gets revenge on Paul, I guess, in a sense. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I'm I'll, I'll going to give it an eight, eight and a half. Eight and a Just half. Just slightly lower than uh, than the first one. Nice. Okay, so you do put the first one over this, eh? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, like, just yeah. by a hair. Yeah, see, I I don't know either. I If you asked me a year ago, I would have put this over the first one. Now, mm. I, I kind of had more fun with the first one this time around. But I think they're about even. Like, yeah. again, I think these are top tier of the series for me. Mm. And also, along with part six, but also, like, top tier slasher. Like, I'll put these over... Other than maybe Halloween one, the Halloween films, I'll put them over the Nightmare on Elm Streets, the Burning, the Prowler, all the the good ones. Um, I have a soft spot for April Fool's Day though, yeah. which maybe blasphemous to people, but hey, it's got Ginny in there too. It's amazing. But yeah, I, I don't know where I f- I'm going to put this either. But I agree with everything you guys said. Um, the characters are just as likable. Again, I think I like the characters a little bit more in Part One, but I think this one is almost scarier at times. You know, the look of Jason is great. The, there's just some great moments where he's first revealed. Yeah. The chase scene. I think the chase scene in this one, as good as the first one is, I think it's better in this film. Yeah. But again, I, I think I like the characters a little bit more in the first film. The first one just hits me on the nostalgic level a little bit more. But yeah, they're both fantastic films. I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, as well, same thing as I gave the first one. Whichever day, you know, you, you could talk to me a week from now and that change, change which one I like better. But I would put this one slightly below part one this time around. But usually this is this is higher for me. And yeah, Jason with the sack, potato sack, is still <laughs> one of my favorite right? <laughs> slasher killers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think everything kind of works in this one. And I did say, too, Ginny is probably my favorite final yeah. girl. It just, yeah, it works on the scares. It's got some good humor in there and just uh, just a fun 
likable cast of characters. Um, uh, yeah, I guess let's jump into spoilers now. And then, do you guys have anything else to add? Or? Uh, no, jump into spoilers right now. All right, so uh, at the bottom, we'll put the times. We won't spoil anything, but again... Hey. You kind of know. In 80s yeah. slashers, is there really any a spoiler? Yeah. Like, in the, most of them, it's all about who the killer is. In this one, I mean, it's Friday 13th, too. I think you everyone know. knows by this time. It's not like a Jason Voorhees' aunt or dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess one thing I wanted to start off with then is like, so we got the amazing reveal. Jason pops out of the bed. But um, so we have Ginny and Paul have been at the bar the whole time with a bunch of the other kids, and all the other kids survive. They come back. And this scene is really amazing. So they come back and they can't, no one's there. The lights are off. And then they find an axe covered in blood in the bed, which is really cool. That looked great. And they're right? like, I don't know, man. This These guys wouldn't do this. This doesn't seem like their type mm-hmm. of humor. And then we have Ginny saying, Paul, there's someone in the room. Paul, there's someone in the fucking room. Yeah. That scene is so <laughs> good, yeah, man. Like, that, that is, is so creepy. So and then you see him, like, because you can kind of see him slowly appear yeah. in the shadows. And then he comes out and attacks Paul. Kind like, of across the window. That uh, is so good, That scene right? is, like, one of the best jump scares in any in any of these slasher films. And from then on, we got this, you know, really cool 20-minute chase, right? chase scene with Ginny. The only one problem I have with it, I'm not really a fan of the scene where she's hiding underneath the bed and the that rat That is kind of weird, right? Because she pissed her pants because she's scared well, of the rat. It's been up for debate. Some people argue that the you know some of the the people that worked in the film said no, it was a rat that pissed. I think it's got to be Jeannie because it doesn't make sense if you if you watch the scene, the rat is over up by her head and then the piss comes out the bottom. Yeah. So like rat piss would not go all the way and over again, there. Rat piss isn't that much, right? No. Like, which is that seemed just it doesn't make sense to me because if it is we'll see Jeannie. It's like this whole time she's been this kick ass mm-hmm. ballsy character fighting off Jason. There's even a great scene yeah where she's being chased by him she fights him off in the car and then she runs and hides behind a bush and waits mm-hmm. for him to come by and then uh, right. punches him in the dick. <laughs> so she's like this kick-ass yeah. survivor and then she sees a rat and pisses her pants yeah, it makes no weird, sense right? but that leads to another great scene where she comes out and he's not there and he's hiding on the bench sorry the um, stool oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, breaks yeah. and then he falls like all this stuff is really cool the mm. chase through the woods we get to the cabin oh that's amazing and then we get to right? see what the reveal is what's in the cabin with all the candlelight that candlelight looks so good. It is the mom's head with three corpses. I yeah. guess the one is a cop. The other one would it's be Terry. Terry, and the other one, I guess, would be uh, Alice. Alice from the first movie. Yeah, so I actually he actually dragged this body from wherever she was. Yeah, along with his mom's head. And that's I think, crazy, right? And yeah, that mm. that killing. I don't know when that. Maybe you took an Uber. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Which I did. You guys notice that before? This is the first time. Like I actually, this is the first time I, I actually, actually read yeah. about that, and then I had to go back and look. Yeah. So there is actually. It's not. It's not. Um, Adrian King. It is just they literally threw a corpse, but you can tell it is her because I think her outfit is the same, and you can see the ice pick sticking yeah. out of the uh, the head. But that is a really cool detail. That it, yeah, right again. I, I love finding out these little details when I've seen this movie a hundred times. Mm-hmm by now over the past 20, 30 you years. Because they don't really, uh, they, they yeah. don't focus on the bodies. It's just kind yeah. of a cursory glance. Um, we also do get a brief uh, cameo from Betsy Palmer. Yeah. Which she, she looks different in this. I've heard like it wasn't her and she said the voice work, but I think it, it looks was It looks a bit her. odd, right? Yeah, there's, something's off about it, but she, she did that in like a day or half yeah. a day and she's like, I don't even get this because I thought, you know, Jason's dead. This yeah. doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. It's money. There's a paycheck. That's right? exactly <laughs> it. Um, her and John Carpenter should have got, <laughs> got together. Uh, you wanted to talk about the uh, ambiguity of the ending? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, that that's been up for debate. So I I think according to the writer, it was supposed to be real that he actually the, the dog so the, the dog is still alive, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps through, and then Paul ends up dying. But so the opening of part three is the end of this movie, like with the ambulance, right? Well, no the the opening of part three is back at the cabin he he stands up and he pulls the knife out of the his shoulder uh, so if you go by the sequel that didn't yeah. happen because he's still in the cabin and when they mention on the news report they only mention like seven bodies or whatever it is and with paul would have been eight or something yeah. so according to that but again it doesn't really make sense either way because if he did survive then what happened and we don't we don't know yeah and, but mind you i guess we don't know what happened to Jean either um sure. she wanted to come back i think and I, I don't know why they didn't get her back for another film yeah it'd be kind of weird uh, maybe you know it was a money too much thing money too. And... uh but yeah it would have been cool uh but yeah so who, who knows i mean i guess you got to just choose you know you can't really base this film on what they do in a sequel because sequels can be like yeah especially uh, this yeah. series where like every sequel the director is like really I'm just going to ignore matter. these three films and, and do my yeah. own story here so anyways the whole finale is amazing oh. we have Betsy Palmer making her appearance because, projection because yeah Ginny puts on her old sweater and pretends to be his mom and she's talking put down the knife Jason oh, Jason I am your mother yeah and then you see while she's doing that you're getting like the flashback the overlay of the, yeah, the mother so talking good. Which is, I thought that's a really cool mm-hmm. way of doing it. Mind you, I will say though, if if you do take it that he died in the cabin, if you go by part three, it's kind mm-hmm. of a shitty death. Like just yeah. he gets a knife through the shoulder yeah. or something. I don't know. It seems kind of lackluster. So, so at the end, were her eyes supposed to open or no? Yeah. So the the it rumor very odd. Like oh yeah, apparently that is is an actor in like wearing a mask. Yeah, it looks like a human skull, right? And mm-hmm. the rumor is it was supposed to be yeah, like when you zoom into the thing, the eyes open, kind of like the shock ending, yeah. like you got. Um, but then I don't know because I think Steve Miner said it makes no sense. But like I never planned on having that coming, and, and who knows? It's one of those. It's up for debate whether it was even shot. So mm-hmm. it yeah, looks like something should have happened, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it would have been kind of a fun twist. Again, like these movies don't make sense. You know, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Jason jumps out of the water and yeah, what was he like standing in the water for the past like thirty years? I mean, and then, well, plus it, well, the, even the timeline yeah. doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. if he is a kid, then yeah, why is he? A this kid? is five years later. I guess he wouldn't be like a man. So right? it's supposed to be that that when he jumped out of the lake, he actually wasn't a kid. That was as was actually her hallucinating. Because the whole time he would have been twenty at or whatever he's yeah. supposed to be at that age fifteen. So or yeah, fifteen or twenty. So it never, it, none of this really makes sense, yeah. I guess. And thus, who knows? Maybe Jason is only, only supposed to be like twenty or something in this film. I, well, I don't yeah, know. It could be twenty, right? No. The only other thing I want to add, just a fun little tidbit. Um, I guess it's still a spoiler though. So right after Jeff and Sandra are killed, that's uh, John Travolta and the yeah. young girl. We cut to the bar scene where Paul and them are leaving in the rain, and there's someone that quickly walks by them in a raincoat, and it actually is the uh, John Travolta character. Just okay, out of here. Not playing himself. He's just, yeah. he's like, ah, you know, we need some extra. I'll, I'll play that part. So I guess if you look carefully, <laughs> you, you can see, see him? that he's still alive. Um, <laughs> and the only other thing I wanted to add, I guess on the DVD of this, um, on the back, I'm not sure, I think it was a deluxe edition. On the back, they had a, a picture of Paul, and he, was, he looked like kind of like dead-faced or whatever. Huh. Was, yeah, we don't know whether he died or not, mm-hmm. but apparently that was just... No one knows why or how it ended up on the back cover. It makes no sense, yeah. but it was just some old photograph still? still that they took, and it was just him goofing around on set or something. So why it ended up on the back cover, who knows? But um, yeah, 
Uh, that is it for spoilers, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Or? Uh, not really. I'm excited about part three. Yeah. I kind of want to get like three glasses. And, like, yeah, all oh, three glorious yeah. Ds. <laughs> I know, it sucks. I wish we'd someone we knew who had it. I guess yeah. Cameron has a 3D TV. We should show up at his house. Yeah, hey, man, I got pop, 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 popcorn. You know <laughs> but mind you, I guess, no, yeah, because this, unfortunately, Friday 13th 3 has not been released in like real 3D. Oh, that sucks. Um, it, it's crazy because we literally have every single movie, Jazz yeah. 3D, Amityville 3D, everyone but Friday 13th 3D for some odd reason. But... Um, yeah, this is end of our talk for part two. I think we all agree that it's a fantastic oh, it's film. Oh, yeah, one top tier slasher films for and sure. A whole lot of fun. Um, again, yes, you got to look past it that the kills aren't as exciting as later sequels. But again, to me, that that's definitely fun. But as I get older, I'm more excited about like the cool characters and the story and stuff. And you know that the kills are a bonus. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to watch a movie that sucks. I'm a terrible character just for cool kills. Yeah, mind you, I'm like bloody knuckles. Yeah, I was gonna say that's pretty much a knuckle, <laughs> bones, knuckle bones. But that's the difference between a five and a half film and an eight and a half. You know, yeah, I mean? makes sense. So, anyways, this has been our talk. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on. On the first two films, well, the whole series of films. Yeah, really. Let us know, and we'll, we'll mention them on the next couple episodes when we record them. But uh, yeah, you can get a hold of us on Twitter at Movie City Maniac. You can find us on uh, email at uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. And then uh, Facebook, we have the like page and the group page. Come on there, let us know what you think. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite, Jason? Do you yeah. prefer the sack head, the, the blue uh, stripe on the top? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, we'll be back. Uh, soon. Yeah, stay scared, guys. Or be doomed. You're all doomed. Doomed. <laughs> uh, some subliminal <laughs> advertising we should totally do that like throughout the episode. yeah yeah like backwards masking we'll have it like in the you background know, yeah, it's such like a low audi- like yeah. low audible level that no one will notice <laughs> but like, but, like I'm getting kind of thirsty yeah. <laughs> when the moon hits your knees and you mispronounce trees sycamore <laughs> <laughs> When you look like a snake, but you swim in a lake, that's a mori. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a bunch of them today. <laughs> the boy is on fire. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs>